0: Well, we're going to continue our series, Good News for All, today. Over these last few weeks as a church family, we've been studying the gospel of Luke together, and we're going to pick it up again today in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 55. And the title of this message is, Five Reasons to Praise. This is what it says in Luke 1. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he took notice of a lowly servant girl And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped the servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he has made his promise to his, our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. For those of you who are watching online and those who know me, you'll know that I used to work in a primary school. I absolutely loved my time in that school. It was brilliant. And the last class that I taught before I finished and went full time in ministry was Nursery. It was quite an experience. It was quite different to anything that I have ever done before. But it, it really was a good laugh. You know, no day was the same. Every day was different. And the children were absolutely brilliant. They were so funny. They were hilarious. I really enjoyed my time that last year in school. And, uh, and the kids were brilliant. But, you know, every single week at the end of the week, we used to have an assembly for the children. And during that assembly, we would award one child with a star of the week, This was a certificate that we would give to the children and, and just recognize and praise the children for something excellent that they had done that week in school. Now the goal was for by the end of the year that every child in the class would have a star of the week at least once. Now it was pretty easy to do for the good children and the majority of them, they were all good, they were all brilliant. But you know there were a few little tinkers in that class and you know it was easy to come up with reasons why that child was good, you know, some of them were good because of their maths, some of them were good at sharing during playtime, some of them were kind, some of them had learned how to, you know, use the bathroom correctly, wash their hands, hang the coat up, you know, it was all those sort of things in nursery. So it was very easy with those children. But then for some of the other children, it was pretty hard to come up with a reason to praise them. You know for some children they they weren't so good at sharing some children like to have a fight some ki- children like to throw sand in in the eyes of, of some of their friends during the sandpit time. You know it was pretty pretty challenging to come up with reason, so I had to learn to be a little bit creative when when giving the star of the week and praising. Those who had been a little bit more naughty, you know, you had to use things like, you know, they were good with they fine mortar skills and things like that, you know, you had to use these creative ways to praise these children. But, you know, as I said, all of them really deep down were good. But, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's for us as British people. Maybe it's just us Welsh people. But sometimes it can be hard to praise people. I don't want to be stereotypical here, but you know, the Americans, they're fantastic at praising and celebrating and being happy and honoring other people. But for us British people, it can be, it can be hard sometimes for us to, to do that. And you know, it can also be difficult for us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, especially if we've grown up in church and you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time. Sometimes it can be hard to praise God. There are, there are moments where God blesses us and those moments are easy to praise God. But but in the challenging times it can be difficult it can be hard to praise God when we feel far away from him I don't know if you've ever felt like that but it can be hard to praise even when other people encourage you to praise it can be be just difficult when certain things come into your life or or maybe you're blaming God because of something that's happened to you those seasons can be very hard to praise God and as we come to Luke chapter 1 you'd think that as we look at once again at this young girl Mary you'd think that, that she'd be in a moment where where it was hard to praise God. After all, her life had been completely turned up upside down when she hears this message from God. God had a message for her that she was going to be the mother, the earthly mother of the Son of God. Mary's life was completely changed. And, and you know, she could have got into a lot of trouble. She could have had a relationship with her fiancé, Joseph. That could have ended. She could have been excommunicated by her family. She could have been killed because of, of her having a child out of wedlock, even though we know it was miraculous. These things could have happened. She would have been in trouble with the authorities as well. But you know, when she hears this news, when God tells her that he's going to redirect her life, how does she respond? Well, it says in verse 38 of Luke 1, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You know, Mary, she said, yes, to the incredible plan of God for her life. And now today we pick up the story a few days later. This is what it says, verse 39 to 40. It says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. Mary decided to go and see her cousins Elizabeth and Zechariah who we've looked at already in Luke chapter 1 and, and God had give, miraculously performed a miracle there with them and uh, Elizabeth even in her own old age became pregnant and she was going to give birth to the forerunner of Jesus to to John the Baptist and and so Mary she runs and goes to see to see Zechariah and Elizabeth she was to tell Elizabeth about this fantastic news about what God had done in her life and As soon as Mary enters the doors of Elizabeth and Zechariah's house, Mary is given a welcome unlike any other. Listen to what it says, verse 41 to 45 of Luke 1. It says, at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honoured that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And we see here this amazing thing happens. That as soon as Elizabeth hears Mary walking through the house and greeting her, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And she's told by the Lord why Mary was there. You know, the words that come off Elizabeth's mouth is when she sees Mary is, You are blessed. You are blessed among all women. You know, she's not saying here that you're greater than all women, but she said you've been blessed, you've been chosen by God. You know, it's important to note here that that we don't worship Mary. You know, some parts of the Christian faith do worship Mary and put her on a pedestal, but, but you know, we, we only worship our God. We we don't give Mary what we give to God. We don't ascribe to Mary that which only belongs to our Savior. But, you know, we see here that that Mary is chosen by God. And we don't want to downplay her role and her place in the plan of God. But, you know, we see here, Elizabeth, she's filled with the Holy Spirit and she begins saying how blessed Mary is. And under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we see that she she experiences this power of God and and she begins to emphasize Mary's faith. She says that Mary's faith is incredible, that she has been chosen by God and it's because of her great faith in God. And you know, you and I today, we are saved by grace through faith. Mary believed the word of God, and so she experienced the power of God in her life. And we see that even before this baby was born, even before John the Baptist was born, he rejoiced in Jesus Christ, even in the presence of God. And he did this all throughout his life. He, he leaped inside Elizabeth's womb. It was an incredible greeting. But what does Mary do? After all this, after seeing her cousin and after having this greeting, what does Mary do? You know, you'd think that Mary would, ju- would just want to chill. After traveling, maybe some distance, she'd just want to chill. After the crazy few days she had with all this news, you'd think that she'd just want to un- unwind and put her feet up. But you know, it's amazing what Mary does next. You know, after I'm sure she had a lot of time thinking about what, what had just happened and this news that she had. I'm sure, you know, in the natural, she felt stressed. She felt anxious, afraid, confused by all of this that was happening to her. However, she's not, the Bible says. She says, the Bible says that instead, Mary was filled with joy. And this joy, it overflows into a song. A song of praise to our God. Mary begins to worship the Lord. She begins to lift up a new song. To the lord she's you know she's releasing a new song a new album to the lord and this this song is called the magnificat because of the latin version of luke chapter 1 verse 6 and, and this song is an incredible song it's a song filled with bible verses it's a strong song filled with scripture it's got quotes from from the psalms it's got quotes from the song of hannah in the old Te- testament you know it shows us that mary was somebody who loved god but knew the word of God and hidden God's word in her heart. And she began to praise God. She began to worship God. This song isn't about her. It's about God and what God has done in her life. It's it's all about God and she wants to magnify him. Now, you know, in this song, she shares five things that God has done for her, five things that the Lord has done, five reasons why she's praising the Lord. And and we're going to look at them today. And I pray that as we look at these reasons, that they might help you to praise the Lord. Maybe you're watching this today and you're struggling to praise praise the Lord. Maybe you're just going through the motions. Well, as we look at these five reasons, I pray that they will just cause fresh fire in your heart, give you a fresh love and a passion for what God has done even for you and me. So the first reason why she begins to praise God is because God has saved her and God has saved us. That's the first reason why we should praise. Verse 46 to 47, says, Mary responded, Oh, my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. You know, this shows us that Mary was just like you and me. Mary was a sinner like all of us. And she needed to trust in the Lord for her eternal salvation. You know, the Bible says we're all head into a lost eternity. We've all sinned we all fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible says. That you and I could do nothing about it. There was nothing we could do. Not our good deeds. Not our good efforts. Not about being a good person. There's nothing we could do to make ourselves right with the Holy God. But God in his love and grace stepped in. This is the good news of the gospel. God stepped in because of his love for us. And he sent Jesus into this world. And Jesus came into this world to take our sin upon himself. To take the punishment that you and I deserved. He took our place. He's our substitute. He took our place and he died so that you and I could have life. We could know his forgiveness. We could be reconciled to God and have eternal life. It's because of Jesus. It's all because of him. And, and Mary begins to praise God because God has saved her. This is her one of her reasons why she's praising God, because God has saved her. And this is a reason to praise God today. God has saved you and me and made a way possible. If you don't know him, then you can. He's made the way possible for all people to know him. You know, the Psalmist says in Psalm 40, verse two to three, He says he's lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in God. You know Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is a reason to praise God. God has saved us. The second reason why Mary begins to praise God is in verse 48 is because God has chosen her. And this is a reason for us to praise as well. God's chosen you and me. We are chosen by God. Verse 48 of Luke 1. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Not only had Mary been saved by God, but she'd been chosen by God to be the earthly mother of the Messiah, the Son of God. Other translations say that God took notice of her or or God regarded her, which means that God was mindful of her. He looked on her with favour. And, and you know, there was no doubt others that God could have chosen, but yet he chose Mary. You know, you and I are sinners, failures and nobodies, just like Mary, nobodies. But this is what God says about you and me. Ephesians 1 verse 3 to 5 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. This is a great reason to to praise God. You've been chosen, my God. You were loved by God, saved by God, adopted into God's family. God's chosen you. God knows you. He sees you. He loves you. You were chosen by God. Third reason why Mary begins to praise God is because God had done great things for her. And this is a reason to praise God. God's done great things for you and me. Luke 1 verse 49. For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. You know, because Mary believed God and surrendered to his will and his plan for her life. God performed a miracle in her life and He used her to bring the Savior of the world into this world, to bring the Son of God into this world. You know, it's an amazing reason. God had done great things for her. God had reached out to her. And you know, for you and me, this is another reason to praise. When we begin to think of all that God has done in our life, we can't help but praise Him. He saved us. He's rescued us. He's helped us. You know, there's been so many times he's provided for me. He's blessed me in so many ways. Incredible family, friends, job, house. God's provided so much. He's called me to be a part of his mission and serving him. What a privilege. What a privilege it is to be a child of God. And I can stand here today saying that God has done great things for me. And that's a reason for me to praise. And I want to encourage you. Think about all that God has done in your life. That is a reason to praise God. Fourth reason to praise God is that God has shown us grace and mercy. Luke 1 verse 50 to 53 says this, he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty armour has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. Mary goes on here to to talk about all those who fear the Lord from generation to generation, including her and including you and me. And if we see here that this is like verse 2 of the song and she begins to, to share and say that we've all received God's grace, his mercy and his help. You know, mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone who's, who is within one's power to punish or harm. And grace can be defined as God's undeserved, unmerited favour to those who are unworthy. That's, that's the great of God, and a grace of God. And we see here the, the Mary, she says that God's been gracious to us all, merciful to us all. And she shares three different groups of people who God's been merciful to and shown grace towards. And that is the helpless, the humble and the hungry. We see him back In those days, if you've ever studied Bible history and looked at the culture back in those times where when Jesus was born, we see that the the hungry were often downtrodden, they were often discouraged. Common people in ancient times were were looked down upon and and they were almost helpless, especially when it came to to matters of, of civil rights and justice and things like that. They were always looked down upon, and there was nothing they could do to fight the system or change the system. They were the outcasts of society. However, Mary says here that. That our God is going to turn things around. That God's kingdom is not like the ways of this world. It's an upside down kingdom. He says that the God is going to, with the weak, He's going to dethrone the mighty. The the humble scatter the proud. He says the nobodies are exalted, the hungry are filled, and the rich end up poor. You know the grace of God. The kingdom of God is opposite to the ways of this world. In Corinthians uh, one, in one Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty seven, it says instead. God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God turns things around and God has shown grace and mercy to us all. We were all spiritually helpless and empty and spiritually poor. And he has saved us. He's filled us. He's provided for us. He's turned our lives around. He's shown grace and mercy. When I think of the times I've messed up and turned my back on God and didn't deserve it. God has still shown mercy and grace towards me. You know, before I was a nobody, but now I'm a somebody. I'm a child of God, not because of the world says it, but because of who God says that I am. And God says you are not a nobody. You are a child of God. You are a co-heir with Christ. God has stepped into our lives. He's changed our lives and he can change your life as well. He can help you in every area of your life, not just spiritually, but in every area. God can help you. He's a God of grace and mercy, and we only boast in him. Lamentations 3 22 to 23 says the faithful love of the Lord never ends His mercies never cease. great is his faithfulness His mercies begin afresh each morning. you know the final reason the fifth and final reason why Mary praises God is because God is a promise keeping God Luke 1 154 to 55 he has helped his servant Israel and remember to be merciful for he has made this promise to our ancestors to Abraham and his children. Forever. You know, Mary here, she was talking about Israel, this nation and this group of people who were God's people, but who were living in spiritual darkness at this time. They were in a destitute condition, yet they were still God's people. And God was going to intervene. God was going to help his people. And God was going to carry out his promise that he had given many hundreds of years ago to this guy called Abraham. God was going to fulfill his promise. He was going to send the Messiah who would save them and deliver them. God was on Israel's side. He he was a promise-keeping God. And if it wasn't for Israel, then, then Jesus wouldn't have come into this world. But you know, now because of Jesus, because of his death, because of his record, uh, resurrection, he's made a way possible for all people to experience the blessing and the promises of God. We've been adopted into the family of God. And God speaks to us. We're part of that promise. We're part of that inheritance. Their promises are now our promises. And he is still a promise keeping God. And you know, every promise that God makes to you and me, he will make. Every promise he makes to our church, he will keep. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says this. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper every way I send it. That is a reason to praise God. God's not like a man, he should lie. He is a promise keeping God. And so as we come to a conclusion today, as we look at all these different reasons, I pray that that they've encouraged you and equipped you for those times where you might struggle to praise God. You know, we've got over 9,995 more reasons to praise God. These are just five, but, but I want to encourage you. Remember this song, if you're struggling to praise God. Remember this song. Begin to thank God for saving you, for choosing you. Begin to think about the great things that God has done in your life. Begin to think about the grace and mercy that he's shown towards you. And also begin to thank him for those promises he's given you. And he will fulfill. He keeps his word. May they be a reason to praise today. May they cause you to praise. And as we end, I just want to read this verse. May this be your experience and my experience. Psalm 34 verse 1 to 3. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who will help us take heart. Let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. May these five reasons help you to begin to praise God. For God is worthy of all of our praise. Amen.